I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Grab a pew, settle in, and prepare to have the latest goings on within the tech industry beamed directly into your log holes. I'm Charlotte G, editor of TechWorld, and joining me today we have Computer World UK editor Scott Carey on Open Banking. Hello. We have IDG Enterprise Audience Development Editor Christina Mercer <laughs> on the EU finding Qualcomm 997 million euros. Hello. And we have Dominic Preston, Senior Staff Writer for Tech Advisor at Macworld UK on Amazon Go, its shiny new shop that has no checkouts. All right. But first off, Scott, yes. what the hell is open banking and why should anyone care about <laughs> it? Loves it? No one no one should care, really, should they? Um, I've had to explain this so many times this week. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are getting open banking wrong. Um, a lot of people seem to think that it just like overnight, everyone was going to be able to access loads of cool new banking services and the world was going to change when really things take a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. But basically... Um, in Europe this year, and this is the first of many acronyms, um, PSD2 came into play, um, which is a new payments uh, regulation. But basically, in a nutshell, what it means is that your bank now has to release your banking data, which means like all of your transaction history, um, all of the information they've held on you and your finances. They have to release that to um, third parties if you want them to. So say a call app came around that would basically look at all of your transactions for the week and say, oh, um, you didn't spend £10 that you spent last month. Do you want to bang that into a savings account? Great, useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do that, please. Before, you would have to go through a lot of like steps. You'd have to like um, probably have to use like a screen scraper. And it wasn't, there was loads of friction there. Now you can just sort of request mm-hmm. that access and just get up and running. So... In theory, what it's going to do is create this new breed of really useful financial applications that you can have on your phone without having to um, basically beg your bank to release that that information. Yeah. So some of these some of these kind of apps already exist. Is yeah. that how has that happened? So they they've so someone like Moneybox, for example, which does what I just explained, where they'll like put some money in a savings account for you, um, and you uh, they would have to go through quite a like tedious technical process where they would have to access your bank 
via like a screen scraper and then they would have to set up like a regular um like you would send money to a friend they would Mm -hmm. set up like a a faster payments um process or something like that now they can just go straight into the pipes basically of the bank via Mm -hmm. these apis which are all um they're being forced to open up um the in theory the banks the big nine banks i think it is were all meant to open up their apis this month uh Naturally, that deadline has been extended to August. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Shock horror nice. that they didn't hit that deadline. Yeah. yeah. Why? How come? How come that happened? Because they must have known that it was coming up for a while. Yeah, they've had like a couple of years, and <laughs> yeah. they still didn't hit it. Right. Um, the problem is, like, this isn't like an easy thing to do. Yeah. Like, they have to design extremely secure APIs to make sure that if you know if you're opening up customer data, there's a huge risk yeah. of that going badly for the bank so they're obviously yeah. very scared of anything going wrong um so they wanted extra time to test and develop and mm. launch these um apis and uh the content uh, the competition and markets authority and the fca have allowed them to do that which yeah. is pretty standard really yeah, yeah um what it does do is it gives a lot of the challenger banks so the guys that have built their banks for this sort of new world Mm -hmm. and a lot of the fintechs it gives them sort of six months to start to prove their value um while the other banks are kind of catching up Mm -hmm. um so they've got a little bit of a a jump on the competition the the main problem with open banking is is that no one really cares that isn't (laughs) like in finance yeah yeah what does it mean like what would it mean for people listening like what does it mean for consumers like what impact will they Will they will they notice an impact? If they don't want to do anything, then no. They'll just keep doing things the way they normally do. Um, but if they want to start using some of these cool new financial services, then that is now open to them. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they can start to... In the way that you would, if you like sign up for an account for something, um, in the way that you could just be like, oh yeah, just um, I'll sign in through Google or I'll sign in through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like just removing that sort of friction but now they're doing that with your financial data instead of your social media data and your yeah. contacts and stuff like that yeah um it's early days but like the fca are like approving companies for access mm. obviously because you don't want just a load of like chances yeah. coming into the market <laughs> and just trying to build stuff on top of people's precious financial data yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which is a good way to do it and there's a lot of people that are getting approved so they're not being stupidly restrictive about it yeah um but it just forces these companies to prove that they're taking this seriously yeah um but yeah in terms of like the the everyday consumer if they don't want to engage with open banking as a as a concept or like adopt any of these services they don't have to yeah yeah Um, which is the problem really yeah yeah yeah, i guess that kind of is like i mean it's a bit yeah it's a difficult subject to get people excited about do you uh dom christina do you guys use any like money apps stuff i I don't use any i've been with the same bank since i've had a bank account as well so do you just use like their Mobile yeah, app. Literally mobile. that that's it. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't do anything. I don't yeah. I'm not an early adopter at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. To be completely honest, my I, I bank with nationwide and my internet banking app is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm it's not the best, really good. but it's pretty good. Yeah. What um, about you, Dom? I don't do anything fancy with my main bank account, but um I also have a Monzo yeah. Monzo card and now upgraded to the new Monzo current yes. account. Yes, yes. Um, Everyone who's cool love. has a Monzo account. Well, it's like, a very seriously. London thing. I yeah, think, it right? really so, is. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, I, I, I went a bit overboard last year, and I was like, "Well, if I'm going to write about fintech stuff, I need to be aware of what yeah. it's actually like." Yeah, and uh, yeah, I went a bit nuts and downloaded like 
Clio money box. I got a Monzo account. I got a Starling bank account. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I've got too many. I've got like lots of <laughs> small my money pots of money everywhere. And I'm like, just no. Monzo is a really good example though, because Monzo is an example of a bank which has set itself up for the open yep. banking world. Yeah. So they're, the idea for them and Starling is um, we're not going to do mortgages. We're, we're going to not really try and like charge people stupid amounts of yeah. overdrafts. We're just going to keep it really simple. You can basically keep your money with us, i.e. what a bank yeah. used to just <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. You can have your hold your money with us um, yeah. and then you can basically peg on all of these call services. So if you want to do your mortgage through a new mortgage provider, you can run that through your Monzo account. You can just have like a single view of everything. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about Monzo, obviously, is that everything is bang up to date because yeah. there's no legacy. So yeah. if you make a transaction, you get a notification and then it's yeah, already yeah. in there. Yeah, that's exactly it with the older banks. They're just completely limited. Takes days. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think, the, I really think the idea of having a single view of your finances is something yeah. I would love that. Yep. Yeah, it's very attractive. That, is that the sort of thing that we can expect 100%. Yeah, so in the US, like Mint.com has been doing this, but they... They don't have open banking in the US, so Mint have had to do it where they'll, um, where you do a lot of the legwork in terms of putting all your accounts in there. Whereas now you can literally, hopefully, just say, "Oh, connect to my mortgage provider, connect to my insurance, yeah. and then you can have it all in one place." Yeah, well, that does sound good. Yeah, which is really yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The interesting thing is that um, everyone's saying this will like disrupt the banks and this will hit hurt the banks, um, but HSBC have already released a new version of their internet banking app called Beta, which does all of this stuff. So now if you're on HSBC Beta, you can, if you have a credit card with um, Barclays, you can view that in your HSBC mm, app, which is a big change because yeah. traditionally yeah, the banks would, would hate to have yeah, yeah. a competitor's uh, product on there. But they're seeming to basically admit that this is the new world yeah, now yeah. and people are going to have multiple accounts with multiple people. Yeah. And it will stop. And the whole idea really was to stop banks from... Um, overcharging loyal customers and from like restricting people changing their accounts and getting better deals elsewhere so it does um it makes the whole banking sector more competitive so it's meant to benefit consumers obviously the banks will try their hardest to try and like avoid that but i think the best approach is just to embrace it yeah which is what hsbc is doing and do you have to have an hsbc account to do that in the first place yeah you do yeah so, so i was gonna say so yeah it is because you because it kind of makes you think oh maybe actually i would like i'd like the ability to do that yeah yeah so they've got so, a bit yeah. of a jump on everyone else yeah 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 that's cool um, um yeah and this and, and you're saying this is across the whole of europe this isn't just the UK. yeah so it, it's a bit this is where it gets a bit wonky but like basically psd2 was was the new payments dire- uh, directive which was introduced by the eu yeah. to basically pan europe um have this sort of open banking um concept across across the the, the continent and then obviously brexit happened mm. um so we basically came up with our own version of psd2 so it's 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 exactly the same as psd2 but it's kind of brexit proof and we just call it open banking which is really <laughs> annoying because then you write about open banking as a concept but I also write about open banking as an actual physical regulation, and they've got the same name. Yeah, yeah that is annoying. You're but so it sounds passionate. better than PSD2, which just sounds like PTSD. It does. <laughs> yeah. um, PSD2 is just one of those acronyms where people's eyes just glaze over. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the EU, you know, for all its benefits, the one downside, they're not, they don't come up with snappy names for things. Do they you don't. Mean? They're not. They they're not very good at that. Um, yeah. The other thing with open banking is loads of people were like being very shrill about it when it came in, being like, the hackers are going to love open banking. Oh, yeah, the mail ran something. Of course they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, 
it's it's high time that we just debunk that straight away because yeah. actually it's probably more secure because the FCA are whitelisting everyone. They're doing pen testing with everyone that wants to become a registered like provider of open banking services. Um, APIs are extremely secure anyway. So, okay, yeah, it's a new regulation, which means that there's a few opportunities to maybe break the rules in different ways. But generally, it's probably a net positive. Yeah. Mm. So all in all, quite a lot to be positive about yeah i think like i i can't really see a downside and i think it's going to be an exciting year i think it's going to take time for like the general public to care but what it will take is like a certain fintech like just nailing it or a certain bank just nailing it so if hsbc get it right they could they could really win the pr battle on this front Mm. and people it, it just it's about delivering value so if no one builds anything useful on the top of open banking then it will kind of shrivel and die but if loads of people do good stuff with it then we'll just kind of accept it as like the new norm. Yeah. Um, and no one really care that it's a regulation. People will just care that that's like a better way to do banking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So uh, everyone, I start with Dom. <laughs> Open banking or no thanking? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I thought you were going to swear. Wow. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, no, I actually <laughs> I was trying to figure did. Out where that was going. I did, I, I did consider that yeah. and discarded it. Uh, open banking. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Christina? I'm going to go with open banking. Yeah, open banking. Cool. Ops. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll throw mine in. Yeah, it sounds like not much to be negative about there. Hmm. Cool. Right, Christina. So the EU fined Qualcomm almost a billion euros this week. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Why, why did they do that? Yeah, so they, they fined them 997 million euros, uh, which is um, 4.9, so almost 5% of their revenue from 2017. Pocket change. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, so what happened was the um, basically they broke the EU antitrust laws by making a deal with Apple um, between 2011 and 2016 that Apple would exclusively use Qualcomm's 4G chips in its iPhone and iPads. And the EU um, have come back, the European Commission have said that that's sort of, um, you know, abusing their market dominance mm. and that it means that, like, rivals like Intel were exclusively locked out of a really lucrative deal, like they couldn't bid for it. Um, so that's why they've been fined. Mm-hmm. And I can sort of see where they're coming from. We had a similar thing uh, well, a massive battle from, I think it started in 2010 with Google and, and the European Commission where they said they were, you know, putting their shopping channels and their pre-installed um, apps on Android phones so that it blo- blocked other rivals out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and it's sort of come at a bad time as well for Qualcomm because they've actually just finished having a sort of legal battle with Apple over the royalties of those chips anyway. Oh, right. So, and then they're also, I think, in the process of, it's called Broadcom, are trying to buy um, Qualcomm for $130 So that might, it's going to affect that deal in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Was the main problem here that Qualcomm actually paid for the rights to put their chips in Apple phones? Yeah, so it basically meant that, yeah, that they completely blocked anyone else out of the market. And it's such a, like, a long time, 2011, 2016. Like, yeah. And so now the deal's over. Actually, there are, Intel does have an agreement with Apple. That, so Intel's chips oh. are in the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 7 Plus. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, it's an interesting one, though, because yeah. you kind of think, isn't Apple a bit yeah, naughty I, as I well? Yeah, I would think that too. Like, surely Apple as well <laughs> should take. Yeah. Put them on the naughty step. Yeah, the exactly. It's like you've been, you know. Well, yeah. the, the, the EU did just find them like 100 or billion for yeah. tax evasion. So yeah. they're probably you, just like. I love it. Yeah. So, I'm so happy when it happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and. It is, is sort of, I mean, Qualcomm are appealing the fine. They basically right. say that they don't see that they violated anything. Yeah. And there might be a case to be made that um, 
So if you compare the Intel chips that are in now to the Qualcomm chips, the Intel chips do run slower. So even what if... the ones that are riddled with Meltdown and Spectre? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those ones. Oh, yeah. It's Intel is break. Poor Intel. Oh. Um, they are slower than Qualcomm. So even uh. if there was like a chance for Intel to bid, they could argue that Apple would have already... They would have already done the They deal. would have chose Qualcomm anyway. Well, this is why it looks so like... It just seems bother? like an unnecessary yeah. fine. Yeah. It, 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 it is sounds quite like Qualcomm would have just won the bid anyway. Yeah. They didn't need to like basically bribe them. But it's yeah. strange it that Qualcomm... It's strange that they did that because it's like, well, no, I mean, that's that's just unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Very odd. I Do guess we- the question is whether Intel could have lot- made a better offer, bearing in mind they also provide the chips for a lot of the laptop yeah. and iMac stuff. So yeah. whether they could have bundled all that in. Yeah. And- Presented something competitive yeah. In, yeah. with that in mind. Because yeah, I do yeah. think the whole idea, obviously, I, I massively agree with that it shouldn't just be one company locking itself into all these things, shutting out all these companies. And Google, when they got they got fined, I think it was 2.4 billion euros mm. um, last June, I think. Mm-hmm. I was sort of behind that a little bit because it is true, like you have, when you, you buy a new phone, it's always pre-installed yeah. with Google stuff. When you shop, you know, it's, sh- Google shopping will always... Yeah. at the top although they have made changes started to make changes to sort of um, get out of this fine um, so I sort of was behind that but this one it does seem a little bit harsh because mm. it, if you just looked at it as an agreement it just looks like a normal business agreement doesn't it okay you use our chips for these years this is the deal done but obviously that's their job to, to open the market up the so. funny thing is it's not the chip market isn't a wildly competitive market anyway no, there's no. only a few big players anyway so because it's such a big company I guess and it, you know it's only yeah 4.9 percent of its 2017 yeah. revenue it's like you're making so much money although actually to be fair it's not making as much money as it has done previously yeah this is all the work of the queen. Margaret Vestager, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Who is just absolutely on the warpath. Yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of made it a bit of a mission to try and... People have, people have been speaking a lot recently about kind of the over, over-dominance of tech companies uh-huh. and yeah. the kind of mon- mon- yeah, monopolistic sort of behaviour. So she seems to have made it a bit of a mission to try and... Rein them in. Rein them in slightly. What she's else? Doing a good so job. What, what else has she... Well, um, she did... There was three like, three cases against Google. Yeah. The shopping mm-hmm. one has been settled and they got a big yeah. fine. And they, there's two more. There's the yeah. Android one where it's pre-installed and then there's um, just Google's online search dominance, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, um, she's also going after Facebook for something. I think that's tax. Yeah. And then, um, again, Apple for tax yeah. and now Qualcomm. Yeah. So it, yeah. she's not mucking around. I'm um, behind these tax ones, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's hard Absolutely to disagree with that. It's funny though because in the US, their perspective is like, oh, the Europeans are kind of like trying to uh, restrict competition or whatever. And you're like, but and I never really quite understand that argument. It's, 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 like, a, but it's such to, a rubbish argument. They're yeah. trying to do the opposite. Even Obama yeah. made that argument though. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, so. it's, it, there's a real perception in in the US that like essentially that Europe has got it in for big it it would make sense if we had our own Google like Yandex in Russia but we don't so why would we bother yeah 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 um, it it really is just a case of like trying to keep them honest yeah um, which is why I think she is fantastic yeah (laughs) because all the previous uh, commissioners were just stooges yeah they didn't do anything yeah yeah did she just call them out it's just so good yeah it's great yeah I think you do that don't think so mate boom fine yeah yeah yeah. all do yourself a favour as well and go and look at um Wired did an interview with her and they went to her office and it's like the not, the best appointed office I've really? ever seen. Like, <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, office do, goals. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do, do they, 
Does anyone know how... I, I was kind of thinking about this. Like, how do they calculate the amount they find? Because it can seem kind of random. It's, it's, it's a percent an, of it's a turnover. Yeah, so right. it's, um, there's normally a cap on it, and this yeah. was 5%. And does it have so. to be this European is, yeah. turnover? Or can it, can it be global turnover? No, it's, it's global, I believe. Oh, right. But it, that was just revenue, yeah. sorry. That was not, not so... Yeah. yeah. Revenue it's a lot. It's a big find. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Even for it a is. company that, you know, is, yeah. is that big. Yeah. It just couldn't come at a worse time for Qualcomm. Yeah. No. Like, they've got all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Sounds it. But they are going to My appeal. My heart bleeds. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the multi They, they will appeal exchange. and, you know, that appeal process takes ages. So we yeah. don't know when, even if they are forced to pay the fine, we don't know when that will happen. Yeah. Have, have Apple said anything? Do I know? don't think so. No. Keeping quiet on that one. Them, they probably them, they? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's not like Apple are normally the most chatty. No. no they don't. <laughs> they, they would probably rather not sort of yeah. indict themselves by saying anything. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Cool. So uh, I guess the only question remains, <laughs> starting with Christina, go EU or no EU? Um, I want to, I'm going to say go EU just because in general I'm like all for it. Yeah. Yeah. But this particular case may be a bit harsh, but go EU. Yeah. yeah i get my pom-poms out and say go EU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with the team. Go EU. Okay. Very, lots of oh, agreements. Yeah, but there's a beautiful. lot of consensus. I know. David Price isn't on the pod. We, <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone we all get along. along. Fine. Yeah. I tried, I initially tried to make vote leave rhyme with something, but leave doesn't rhyme with that many things. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit of a tough one. Mostly negative things. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, cool. Anyway, uh, moving on to the next topic. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dominic, Amazon opened its first checkout free shop this week in the US, and I'm using the word shop, not store. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Is this what the future is going to be like? Uh Eventually, probably, and that's a bit terrifying. Yeah, so confident. Tell us, tell us more about what happened. Uh, So yeah, so this is Amazon Go, which is their new checkout-free shop. Um, So the principle is basically it uses a terrifying selection of cameras (laughs) and weight sensors and all sorts of other stuff to 
basically track you as you go around the store, as you pick things up, put them in your basket or just in your pocket, whatever, uh, and then you leave and then 10 minutes later it charges you. Uh, so you never have to actually engage with another human being. All <laughs> oh, right. Um, it's like Uber for shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this might like sound like quite familiar news because actually it was first open to Amazon employees in Seattle way back at the end of 2016. Oh, right. uh, so like the first time we heard about this, and I know we've spoken about it on the pod before, like this, this was a while ago and it was actually yeah. meant to open to the public uh, last year. Mm-hmm. So this is a very, very delayed. Why is it delayed? Launch. Yeah, uh, just it's a terrible making idea. it work right. It's just the technical. It's problems. a lot of technology. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going going on, and just to make sure people are actually getting charged for the right so things. So what? Yeah. I don't know if we're comfortable with this level of detail, but so someone goes into a shop. Can you walk us through like what what happens? Yep. To, what do they do? So roughly, so there's like some sort of, um, sort of turnstile style things as you go in. Yeah. Uh, you have to have the Amazon Go app installed on your phone. Um, you sort of scan that as you go in so then it knows you've entered the shop Um, and then there's basically just cameras following as you go around and I think it's mostly cameras doing it Mm. Uh, there is also a weight sensor to tell when something's been picked up off the shelf though Amazon's being a bit so there was an early pattern that said a lot of the things they might use to track things. Yeah. I don't think they've sort of officially said no. exactly which things they have used. Yeah. They are being coy about that. Because they can't just use that because, I mean, you can take something off the shelf, put it back on. and So it can tell when you do that. What if you take something off the shelf and put it back? I mean, I don't do this. But say <laughs> you want to buy something and then you don't, so you just leave it on the different shelf. What <laughs> yeah. happens then? Uh, I think in theory it can. So a lot of people have been out trying to test it and write, and, and everyone who's tried to test it and tried to trick it. It has said it, it. They haven't been able to fool oh, it. Cool. No, I haven't seen anyone yet say so they've tricked it. Yeah, laser no beams down and kills you. <laughs> no one's been able to shoplift. So from... yeah, right. People are trying to pick things up, put them down, put them down in the wrong place, really quickly snatch things and put them in their pocket. Yeah, yeah. See yeah. if it can catch that. And apparently, it's been really good. All right. So I imagine this is what the last yeah. year has been. Them fine okay. tuning it so that it's better at catching that kind so of stuff. This is bad news for shoplifters. <laughs> bad news for shoplifters. Bad news for cashiers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So uh, cashier at the moment is the second most common job in the US. No way. Uh, where apparently self-service checkouts are much uh, less common in the states than they are over here. I wish I wish they were less common. Yeah. Than they are. Oh um, my god, they just shout at you. Yeah, I know. And also, someone has to come and help you anyway yeah. in the end. So yeah, but yeah. Anyway. So yeah, if this takes off, it'd be bad news for cashiers, obviously. But equally, the fact that self-service checkouts aren't very big in the US probably tells you something <laughs> about how long it will take yeah. for this to actually take off in a big way. This is one shop. Uh, it's just a uh, convenience store. So it's, you know, it's just like sandwiches and crisps and yeah. snacks and stuff like that. This is not a It's a lot like a Whole Foods. Yes, yeah. suspiciously similar <laughs> yeah. to a Whole Foods. Wonder why that might be. <laughs> but th- this is the thing that I can't understand is they keep, they're, they're like really adamant that they're not going to roll this out to Whole yep. Foods, which they, they purchased that. last year. Yeah. But it makes so much sense just to roll yeah. it out to Whole yeah. Foods. Yeah. It's, it's very odd. They've even hired, um, uh, well, at least they've put out a job listing for a real estate manager for Amazon Go whose job will involve scouting out new locations. Yeah. They yeah. are looking to open new Amazon Go shops. But yeah, you just look and say, but you already own loads of shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've it's just spent a load of money to buy you, yeah. It's literally the perfect testbed yeah. is like yeah. Whole Foods. It's the yeah. perfect demographic. They're the perfect size. It's yeah. the perfect product portfolio. Like everything about it is ideal yeah. for testing this technology. But yeah. I wonder yeah. if part of the challenge is that question of how easy it is actually going to be to retrofit to existing shops. Yeah. Especially this is a shop built from the ground up. Yeah. So they managed to design everything about mm. it around this technology. Mm. Yeah. And maybe the cautiousness is how easily and cheaply can you take an existing shop and put all this tech it's in? It's a lot of hardware. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. like it, it's hundreds of thousands just to put in normal self-service checkouts yeah. for one shop. So yeah. like 
putting this stuff in must be must be like millions for a single shot. That's yeah, it must require a huge upfront like, investment, and and mad. also like. How do they? I don't know. They still I, have to staff the shops as well because they still have yeah. to have someone there to help. Yeah, and someone they, putting their exactly. app on the thing. That's not gonna. That's they, gonna cause yeah. queues. They have to have another person in the booth section as well yeah. to ID people. Oh, of course. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So they they've had to. So they're still having to manually do ID checks for yeah. for booze, which which is weird because it's linked to your yeah. account. Shouldn't it have your yeah. actual date of birth on it? Yeah. But Who whether knows? that's proof enough for legal government purposes. Yeah, that may, yeah, that may be illegal, some kind of you get away with it here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, do we, could we ever see it coming to the UK? Has anyone talked about that? Well, there's a lot of Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah. got a load of Whole Foods. Uh, yeah. I think there's too many people, though, if it's to come to London, for example. Like, yeah. the, the queue's like snake around the shop. Imagine, like, the queue before you've even got in the shop. Yeah. Well, that's what they've had. I mean, just because it's a launch, but it has been the irony of this shop that's boasting, like, it'll kill queues in shopping. Of course, there's been a massive queue all week for people trying to get in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. That will probably die down eventually as the novelty wears off. But um, I would queue to give it a go. Yeah, totally. But um, it will expand. Amazon have been coy about when and where and how many and how aggressive they're going to be about that. But obviously, they're not going to sunk all this money into doing it for one. Yeah, it's no. funny. It's kind of it's a little bit weird to see Amazon opening a shop. Yeah, because <laughs> it's because it's yeah. just like they killed shops. You know, like, that's, that's, what, that's what you <laughs> did. Like, and now you're trying to. But it's funny how you see that sometimes within tech, where it's like, oh, yeah. we're, we're going to get rid of this, and then you're like, well, no, what you're going to do is just actually replace it with your yeah you know, your version of yeah. this thing. Bezos has always um, been really keen on like groceries and like fresh food. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. This like is his him. dash buttons. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. yeah, terrible, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as a, as the the resident killjoy, um, <laughs> I I do worry about like the ability of this technology to basically just see all of your buying habits and yeah. then just yeah. push a load of offers to you. Yeah, so what, say, are the, what are the kind of pitfalls of like this? the example I always think of is if you like picked up a cupcake, put it down, and then they ping you a notification saying, "Fancy that cupcake? We'll knock ten percent off." Yeah, and yeah. it's like. And then what one of the guys who tested it for, the, I think it was for the New York Times said, is he said, because you're just walking out, it's really easy to overspend. Because mm. yeah, like, you're not really thinking, because you, you, there, there's no friction there. So it's much easier just to pick loads of stuff up mm. and just walk out. Yeah. Um, in a way, we've already seen that, at least I have in myself, like the, the gap from moving from cash payments to like yeah. contactless. Yeah. You know, the, the, the shorter the payment process gets, the less I think about how much I'm paying, yeah. how yeah. much I'm spending. It's hardly even look at receipts anymore. Yeah. So. yeah. so if I don't even have to do anything to pay, I just take my stuff and leave the shop. Yeah. 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 There, there's pitfalls for privacy as well. And there's, uh, yep. there's, um, they can start profiling everyone that walks in because totally. um, yeah. there's a lot of computer vision going on. Yeah, um, a lot of sort of tracking of people, but yeah. it, it's it's the new normal, isn't it? You, if mm. something is convenient and free, you're probably giving up some form of data. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel for my my flatmate won't even get a Tesco club card because he's worried about them tracking his uh, his grocery shopping. So oh, what is he? This buy? must absolutely terrify him. <laughs> yeah, Tesco <laughs> Tesco used a company called Dunhumby for. Uh, that kind of stuff. And actually, they do... It is quite strange, like, the level of hmm. tracking that they do. Like, they move... For example, like, they regularly move things around shops so that you don't know where... Yeah. So you have to walk further to find things. Yeah. You see offers that you wouldn't normally see. So, yeah, there's actually a lot of psychology that goes into kind of shop layouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure this will be part of that. And a big part of this yeah. for Amazon is just the data, obviously, for them. But also, they can sell this data on, like, how people shop. Yeah. They, they built a bookshop, didn't they, in Seattle? Um, about three years ago yeah. and they did the same thing where they just harvested loads of data on like book buying habits and then laid the store out 
according to that right yeah um so they just took a really sort of data-centric approach rather than the traditional bookshop thing which is like getting the staff to recommend stuff yeah um so again it's just killing the human touch yeah yeah are we heading towards the thing i was wondering is and i don't know in a way everyone sort of talks about this but we've never we haven't really quite seen it happening are we heading towards a world of like ultra personalized advertising yeah is that what where this kind of ends up 100 percent. yeah it kind of seems logical. I mean, we've seen almost the start of it in those um, like Netflix and Spotify campaigns that start to use their user data yeah. to build an ad campaign. Obviously, yeah. it's not personalised. Yeah. It's the start of them looking at their data and being, oh, how can we build advertising mm-hmm. out of all this data we've got and yeah. the way people use our services? Yeah. There's, there's, just, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a nice way to spin it, obviously. If like they see that in January you've started buying only vegan stuff, they could start maybe sending you like vegan yeah. recipes and suggestions and stuff like that. Yeah. So there, there's a useful side, but also it just depends on your like your um, comfort, comfort level with that level of um, invasion into yeah. your privacy. Yeah, I mean, it can, yeah, that's true because people don't really think about the upside. Like last year, Spotify emailed me and they were like, oh, we see that you listen a lot to Queens of Stone Age for the next 24 hours. If you want to, you can get a ticket like that's only open to Spotify members blah, blah, blah. and actually I was like yeah I do yeah. I do fancy that so I don't know it's yeah there's the sort of the there's always a a, a handoff isn't there yeah yeah there is yeah 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 so interesting cool um I'm just going to basically do the same thing I did last time so Dominic Amazon go or Amazon no <laughs> I'm I'm very undecided I think I'm going to lean Amazon no because it is a bit scary yeah yeah I can see it would be quite fun, but I don't know. I like the personal touch. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Amazon. No. Um, I don't want to talk to anyone ever, so I'm going to go Amazon Go. It's classic you. Yeah. Classic I, I, you. I, yeah, I'll give it a go. Amazon Go. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, that's it for this week. And it's only left to say thank you for listening to the UK Tech Weekly podcast. We'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Until then, say goodbye, guys. See ya. Goodbye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.